It's baseball season at Three Punk Ales, home of La Flama Blanca Pale Mexican Lager. Located in the heart of the South Bay at 259 3rd Avenue, Chula Vista. We're just a minor threat. Three Punk Ales. You're listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. It's good cold, like it no matter what. <laughs> I've got a few of my favorite things here. I got a Topo Chico. I got myself a nice little La Bella Pastrami. Dude, it's been a minute since I've had a pastrami sandwich from La Bella with a melted cheese. Ugh. It's and good I, for you. And I have you. I'm one of your favorite Dr. things. Dr. Gonzalo Quintero. Thank you for having me once again. It's it, been a minute. It's been since... BC, bro, before Corona, That's before right. COVID, you were here. We were just talking about that probably in February. Yeah, late winter, early spring, something like that. Oh, you been- know, at that time, uh, Tavern at the Vogue, we had just won Best New Restaurant. We'd really hit our stride over there at 233rd Avenue with like our new menu or, or you know, really building our clientele. And then boom, COVID. <laughs> And I, I remember distinctly because it was uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend, you know, the first inkling of the of the bad news for for all of us in terms of quarantine came actually on Friday the 13th. A lot of people don't remember that, but it was Friday the yes, 13th. Yes, sir. And then that weekend was St. Patrick's Day. A lot of people are, were already out. They're just like, nah, I'm not going to participate. I remember March 13th. I, t- I leaned over and I was talking to somebody here, a regular, and now is it's going to be an interesting weekend. I feel like this is the weekend where we find out which way we're going to go. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a whole new ball game from this point on. I don't know what to plan for. And we saw where it went. Yeah, there was so much uncertainty even within that weekend. Like, uh, you know, the following Monday, we were allowed to all open at limited capacity. And then the very next day, that Tuesday, it was a wrap for everybody. In uh, grocery, we were, do- we were selling toilet paper and flour and like raw ingredients, almost like a market. Because you turned into a market, bro. Basically, like for that first couple of weeks, because a lot of people forget, like it was so, you know, there was lines around the building to get into supermarkets. You couldn't get your uh, deliveries of your of your groceries. It was hard to get things. And, you know, we, we became like this, the, the neighborhood market. We We pivoted quickly, and that really helped a lot of people, not just us in the beginning, you know. Um, those $2 meals, those went a long way for a lot of families delivering to congregational towers. Like the, the management there came to personally thank us for, for that opportunity because, you know, especially in the beginning, uh, the elderly and infirm, those are the ones that were most scared. And, you know, truth be told, those are the ones that are still being most affected. It's those with the underlying health problems that are most affected. And, you know, going back to the business side of things, it's like with anything, if, if, if you don't pivot, if you don't adapt, then you're not going to evolve. That's, that's, that's biology, right? I feel if that's <laughs> the one thing we've all learned during these five months of introspective time and, and hustle to the next level is you need to adapt to what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Simply staying complacent to, to what's going on. And I've seen it. I mean, we've gone over at nauseum here on, on, on the podcast with, with other businesses and, and things that we just see on the day-to-day. It's like we've seen people just remain stagnant and not try to adjust to what's going on. And you've seen the outcome. They just eventually just disappear. You know, so kudos to you, man. I, I know you're a hustler. I know you come from a, a hustling background. You know, your lineage, everything. You're, you're one of the dudes, like I told you before, that said I do look up to you. Um, Tavern at the Vogue, man opened at that weird time when, like you said, it was just starting to pop. Everything was going good. And then, fah, you know what? Let's make it a little bit harder for your businesses. Everyone yeah. on 3rd Avenue. Yeah. Everyone. I mean, your, your, your restaurant at La Bella, I'm pretty sure they, they, they took a hit. Pretty sure things had to get adjusted and manipulated. But here we are, bro. What are we in? September 1st today. 
and we're still open. We've just been given a new a new uh, order, a new mandate to adhere to. For those of you who aren't aware, if you want to go to uh, Gonzalo's Establishment Tavern at the Vogue here on 3rd Avenue, you will have to sign in, put your phone number down, and uh, at that point, you are allowed to come into the establishment and enjoy your meal, your beverage of choice, and hang out indoors. And, you know, that's a San Diego County mandate, but that's for indoor dining. You know, part of our pivot was we were the very first on May 21st. We were the first to adopt the outdoor dining. We bought that big top that you see out there. We bought our we reappropriated some of our tables, patio furniture, and we were the first ones to operate it. And we've seen a lot of. uh of growth since then. <laughs> There's been some innovations on <laughs> what constitutes outdoor eating. <laughs> For sure. You know, everyone's done it a little bit differently, right? But we wanted to make sure that it looked good and was comfortable. And part of, you know, when we're talking about ad- adapting and pivoting is doing it quickly because in this business, you know, um, you're not just, you're not just in competition with other breweries, bars, and restaurants uh, that sell the same thing. You're, you're in competition with every brewery, bar, and restaurant. A Chinese restaurant just isn't in competition with the Chinese restaurant. They're in competition with every restaurant. All restaurants. And then so for us, we're like, okay, we have to be the first to do it. It has to look good. It has to feel good. And then we have to get good at it. We track everything. Uh, we're, we're, we're analysts by nature, right? One of the things we tracked was how many steps are we taking a day, right? We were doing six to seven miles per shift from the window to the customer. And, you know, that's what we're saying. Like a lot of us have lost weight because we're putting in the hours. Yeah. We're putting in the work. But then... You know, you can't just say like, oh, okay, so we're working harder. No, you have to work smarter, right? And with finite dollars, because even though we're open doesn't mean we're making a profit. I think right? that's a, a, a widely misconception currently is that, oh, you guys are open, so you're, you're obviously profitable. It's like, one, not everybody wanted to come back to work. Correct. You know, currently, not everybody on staff wanted to come back to work. Two, people are voting with their dollar more now than at any other time that we've had businesses in operation. You know, we have to make sure we're providing an environment that's both safe, accessible, and an ambiance where people want to go out and enjoy themselves. You guys have excelled. You've killed it. Bro, we're in September. We're still in this thing. You know, some people would argue we're in this thing in a much worse position than when it initially started in middle of March, early April, yet we're still thriving. We're still open. Um, what have you learned, man? Cause I'm, I'm with what you're saying about working smarter over harder. Cause this is a marathon. It's no longer a sprint. There's only so many, <laughs> there's only, only so many seven to 10 mile days that you can put continuously before you're like, Oh, I need a break. No, like, I don't, sure. I don't know if I can hang like this anymore. You know, cause it's you, your partner, Alan and your chef. Mm-hmm. And then we added some, some line cooks and then our friend in the house as well. You know, we have, uh, Megan Rand. She's an amazing manager that we've been able to rely on. She came back in, in the, in the heart of, uh, the quarantine actually before we were doing outdoor dining. That, that's, that showed, that said a lot to her character, right? As a server bartender, you're coming back when we're just doing takeout and delivery. You're not making those server bartender dollars, but you're, you're in it to win it. That showed a lot. Same with our line cooks that came on board. Um, you know, it's a hard job. It, it, you're in the shooting gallery when you're, when you're a line cook and to say like, I'm going to, um, come back to work because I think that it's smarter to have a job and a job after. Uh, my unemployment runs out than to just run my unemployment out. Yeah. And so respect. Foresight, also, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of foresight. And, and, and you know, I don't judge anyone who, who felt the need to use that unemployment and get the $600. If, if it's had, presented to you, take advantage you of it. Know, yeah, you know, you, you put know. into it long enough. It's there for you exactly. to reap it's the benefits. Right. Correct. It's right. And then also, I don't know what you're do- dealing with at home. Maybe you have elders that you need to take care of or family that you need to take care of. I'm not here to judge anyone on that. I'm just saying this is what happened for us. And, you know, early on, something that, that I was seeing a lot in social media was like, keep your dukes up because we didn't know what was going on. So it's just sort of like, just keep your dukes up. Keep trying. Just try. In the beginning, that's what it took. And then, as I said, after that, try harder, work harder. Yep. And then now we're all working a little bit smarter. But the future, you know, it's still it's still gray. Like you said, <laughs> here's the first of September and we're still getting new mandates. All I want from our county leadership and from our city leadership is clear and concise guidelines. I had this conversation with my cousin, Mike Rasso, this morning. You know, we're in a very difficult business where there's so many moving parts. And now we're in the PP, 
you know, the uh, protective equipment business. Yep, PPE. PPE business. We're in the uh, hand sanitizer business. Correct. We're, we're in all sort of other... Masks. <laughs> like we have to procure and pay for and and do all these other things. And, and then now the mandate of the log. Okay, I'm with it because I'm not about putting profits over people. You know? I, we both... We both operate businesses. We understand what the purpose behind this is. Obviously, we want to narrow down anything that's going on as it relates to clusters or, you know, contact spreading. Makes sense. But it's like, this is a difficult industry, man. You know, the food and beverage industry is is not for everybody. It's not for people who just kind of sit back and watch things unfold and, and, and unfurl in front of them. This new mandate, we'll adhere to it. We have to. I want to stay open. You know, but it's, I don't know how many more wrenches could be thrown into the juggling act that we're currently doing before everything just tumbles down. You know, I'm a smart guy. I understand that they're putting a lot of the onus on the service industry because through contact tracing, they're seeing that a lot of it's being spread at bars and restaurants because that's where people are commingling. But at the same time, how come this onus isn't on a big box store? You know, I'm not seeing logs when I go to the supermarket. I'm not seeing logs when I go to Best Buy or Target or what have you. There's other ways that this is being spread. And I understand that we have an opportunity to to help people by doing this, but it's, it's, it is getting very taxing. But, you know, it is what it is. It is old, what it is, brother. Old adage. And we're going to adhere to it because, again, we want to keep people safe. We want to make sure that we keep our businesses operational because we employ so many different people. Uh, I know, like, think about our supply chain, how many people we, we employ sure, the supply man. chain, the three-tier system. You have crop growers, you have brewers, you have distributors, you have bars and restaurants. You have the retails. Yep. That's, a lot of, that's a lot of people that get paid by virtue of our one business. And we are in Chula Vista and we all touch the same people and we all deal with the same community. No, it, for sure. I mean, my partner and I, you know, we, between the both of us currently, we have three locations between the both of us currently, we probably employ about 30 people, you know, that's 30 people that Matt and myself have to navigate through these murky waters, uncharted waters, just to make sure that we can stay afloat, man. It's not easy. I mean, I took a break from from the podcast. I I was like, I, I need to just to step back and legitimately reassess the priorities. You know, it's like priority number one, family. Make sure everyone is in good health, good standing. We're all happy. We're all paddling this little rowboat in the same direction. You know, what is our goal? That's our goal. Okay, that's what we have to paddle. Number two, businesses. You know, I want to make sure that the businesses are intact. Um, it's at that point, it's my priority is not just necessarily taking care of my family. You know, my little five headed family. Now it's I got to take care of everybody else. Paychecks, you know, I pride, I pride myself and it seems like a ridiculous thing to hang my hat on, but I've been in business now for three years and I pride myself on everybody getting a paycheck on time, no doubt. And it sounds weird, but when you're in the hustle, when you're in, in this, in the business and working towards things, sometimes things don't line up and you're like, shit, am I going to make payroll this time? You know, so fortunately, knock on wood, everything has been good in that aspect. You know, number three, it's like, okay, what else am I doing that's taking my valuable time in which I can I, I, I can put that time and effort into something that's more meaningful? And I was like, you know what? No, I have my family, my businesses, uh, UPS, and, and the podcast. Everything else, unfortunately, is going to have to take a back seat, whether it was like jujitsu, whether it was doing pickup games with the homies uh, for soccer, whether it's th- all of that, unfortunately, everything got put into perspective. For better or for worse, my circle got tighter. It got super small to the point where it's like, I got to take care of these people. These are the people I've got to worry about. Family, employees, you know? Mm-hmm. You wear that hat, man. You wear many different hats. For we, sure. We wear, we wear a lot of the same hats, but you decided to take your talents to the next level. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what you got on the docket and where you're currently doing. You know, uh, we talked about the last podcast, and people know uh, I serve as a councilman in the city of National City, and then this year's an election year, and I'm up for election. I was never elected before. I was an appointed, appointed. you know, uh, a couple of years ago when the mayor ascended to her mayorship, then I was appointed, you know, and during that time, on the record and for the record, I said, if that governing body saw fit, I would not run for election. But 
here I am two years later, having put in quite a bit of work for the city of National City and the South Bay at large. I've been endorsed by the vice mayor and mayor. So here we are. I want to continue that work. Put it's in the work. Putting putting in work. Hell you know, yeah. Especially right now, it really uh, it perplexes me as, you know, someone that's, uh, I'm a doctor of education. I'm a student of math and science, right? And it really perplexes me that in the most trying time that any of us have lived in, that people are campaigning as if it's a regular campaign. They're not talking about COVID. They're not talking about life during COVID and they're not looking at a future post COVID. I don't know what kind of person would want this job right now. I want this job right now because it is my job and I've been doing the work and I want to continue that work. And I know what we can do moving forward to make sure that we protect the jobs of our police and firefighters and our municipal employees, because people are going to use this time and our budget restraints to go after contracts, to null, to null and void contracts, to pull back people's, uh, benefits. And these are things that I'm already aware of that I want to fight for. Someone new coming in, they don't know where the soda machine is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Completely feel it. Yeah. So how are they going to know how to govern? Full transparency. You know, now that you are on the platform that you're using this, you know, to, to, to promote y your candidacy and just, I'm going to open this up to anybody that is running against you or, you know, who, who has also wanted a platform similar to this. I don't, I don't want any like, you know, collusion or anything coming our way in a negative way. So anybody who is on going to be running against Dr. Quintero, you feel free to come on here. I will allow you the same time that Dr. Quintero is being allowed. Um, he's a friend. He's a homie. He's somebody that we, we've, we've been friends prior to being business owners, you're, prior to being city council. You're a former student yeah, of I'm mine. a former student of, of, of the uh, doctor of education to my right over here. So yeah, but in, in, in order to, you know, make sure that there is a, a level playing field for all parties involved, if whoever national city is running for city council would like to be on the Emo Brown podcast, by all means, bro, come on, come on down. The door is always open, but currently this is for Dr. Q proceed. Hefe. And that's a beautiful thing to offer because really, you know, what we're always talking about is the South Bay, right? We, we don't just talk about third Avenue. We don't just talk about Chula Vista. We're always talking about the South Bay because it's this bigger ecosystem, right? The, when you think of our alignment with National City, Chula Vista, IB, and then you think of all the surrounding communities, Barrio Logan, Nestor, Coronado Grande. even, and then, you know, the Port Authority. And then, of course, how can you forget the busiest port of entry in the, in the world, world, Tijuana. <laughs> you San know? Isidro, bro. This is a region, yeah. right? San Ysidro. Whole, there's whole gamut of people in our region that constitute millions upon millions of other people, meaning we're not just the South Bay. We're this mega region. When you cross the international border at San Isidro, you don't have a choice. You're coming through South Bay. You know, you're going San Isidro. You're going uh, up the 805, up the 5. You're going to go through Chula Vista. You're going to go through National City. We represent a large contingent we bridge that gap, bro. Whether it's for a beer industry, whether it's hospitality, whether it's education, whether it's an advancement in, in, in opportunities for employment, we hold. And I feel like we're often like we 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 are a sleeping giant, you know. Like we, we we don't get the the attention that that other locations get. Not necessarily. I don't even want to venture down the respect because you know what that's earned, and we've done. Above and beyond earning the respect of every other county, but we're huge, man. Chula Vista is the second largest city within the county of San Diego. It's like there's a lot of stake. I have the mayor, current mayor, Miss Mary Salas. She'll be coming in um, shortly, and I always love talking to her and picking her brain. I see her maybe like on the daily. <laughs> we're neighbors. We we just stop and say, "Hey, what's going on? How how is what's going on now going to affect us moving forward?" How are you the mayor? How do you enjoy that? How is that not a stressful time in your life? And, you know, and we, she speaks to me candid and off the record. And I don't know why you're doing this, Q. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard why. And it's, you know, it's noble. And you have a family. And that's where you're rooted. And I appreciate what you want to do. And, and this is just a very taxing position. Vastly underappreciated. Homeboy, yes, dog. That's <laughs> no, just crazy. Sure. I, I see, you know, the comments on Facebook, and I have to ignore them because if not, I'm going to go down that rabbit hole. Yes, that's not the job I signed up for. My job isn't to prove to you who you think I am, mm. and my job isn't to uh, 
win an argument on Facebook either. You know, my job is to <laughs> Nobody, help. I don't, I don't think I've ever met anybody who's won an argument on Facebook. <laughs> no, not even the Russian trolls. <laughs> no, tampoco. And that's the thing too, you know, uh, going back to the business side of things and people will say, you know, he talks a lot about Chula Vista businesses and he talks a lot about San Diego businesses because I've had ventures in North Park. I've had ventures in Barrio Logan. I've had ventures in Chula Vista and that's by design. I don't have a business in National City because that's where I want to govern. That's where my heart and soul is. That's where I was born and raised. Two water class in 99, Southwestern College class of 2002. Sweet. I went to SDSU for the first time in National City. There used to be a satellite campus and many years later, you know what I did? I taught at SDSU after I got my doctorate. Hey, I was your student. There you go. Hey, I was at that side of the campus <laughs> in National City. Wifey and I were actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so around the same time. But then, so th those are the reasons why I talk about businesses in San Diego and Chula Vista, because that's where my area of expertise is. And that's where I have chosen to do business on purpose, because I want to govern a national city and keep everything on the up and up. We're privy to so much information and prior knowledge that it just wouldn't be right. You, you don't know. want to be known as the Martha Stewart of National City, Playboy. No, nah, not unless I opened up, you know, a restaurant or something. And I heard she had a good pie recipe. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then so, yeah, again, wait, why, why do you open yourself up to these things? Why do you do it? Because I, if not me, who? Yeah. And I know that I have the strength to do it. I've mm -hmm. been doing it. But especially now with COVID, you know, my reserve is even further sealed because I know why I'm doing it. And I know who I want to help and who I want to protect. Those who aren't being protected, those who aren't receiving all the help, you know? And my wife asked me the same thing. She's like, how do you do it all? And say, like, you know, here's a, here's a quick 10 second. How can, how can you do it? There's no, um, I'm sorry. I forgot. You're going to have to edit this. <laughs> what's, the, what's the phrase? Okay. There's no substitution for hard work. Never. The end. I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. I'll go to bed at midnight every day. Oh, fuck. You know? Por qué? Because you need to squeeze as much out of that day as you can. You want to be a good dad? You wake up with your one-and-a-half-year-old at 6 a.m. and you be your dad. Then you wake up your four-year-old and you feed her. Then you play with them. Then you wake up mom. Then you do stuff around the house. Then you go to one of your many businesses for the next 12 hours. Or... It's Tuesday and you go do a podcast with one of your homies hey and, and then you go put in eight hours at City Hall that day. Whatever it is on your day to day that you need to do, you make the time to do it. Otherwise, it can't be done. It's just that simple. As a father of three myself, I cannot agree with you any more than that phrase that I feel like, is it pinche frase? If not me, who? You know, I, I now more than ever at 41, I, I feel like that makes more sense to me now than ever. My kids look to wifey and me, you know, like we, we are their everything. We are their news source. We are their source for life. We are their source for entertainment, everything. There's nothing more of a reality check than becoming a parent, you know? And, 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 and it's not a knock on people who aren't parents. It, it's just, it's just a different layer. As soon as I became a father, it was like, whoa, meaning has just been taken to the next level. These little guys are looking at me for everything. So I just got to make sure, like, if not me, who I, I have to instill that. I, I feel like sometimes I'm an iPhone and I have to just download everything that I've learned, you know, into them more now than ever, bro. I mean, whether, and I don't want to go down the social injustice route because that's a, that's a whole different topic that will, that it'll encompass the whole episode and it needs to be had. But right now we're focusing on what you're doing, but just, they need to know, what they need to know. Like mm -hmm. things are crazy. Things are wild, you know, and, and this people just had too much free time to think about things, to dissect things, to, to, to put things into perspective. And that is a positive, that is a positive thing. You are a deep thinker. And I, I know like anytime I've ever wanted to like do anything of value or this, I usually throw it at you. I'm like, Hey, Q. And, I, and sometimes I feel like, fuck, I'm disrespecting him. I, I should call him Dr. Q, but I'm like, that's the homie. You know, we've, I, I feel like if I've had drinks with you, <laughs> I, I, I feel we can drop all formalities, you know, it's no, like, for sure. yeah, that, that's Q. So I'm like, yo, Q, I'm thinking of doing, I remember one instance, I was like, hey, man, I'm thinking of uh, developing this app that works in, in conjunction with blah, 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 this. And you're like, bro, you know beer, you know breweries, stick to that. And I was like, good. But now I look back, it's like, fuck, I should have jumped in because now all of these like uh, apps that are developing for like delivery and this, but it's like, you are one of those guys. And I don't have a lot of guys. One, I don't trust people. Yeah. 
people are my, my the trust that I give to people is very hard to come by. Why I've been burned more than more than I'd like to admit, but it's just like trust is very difficult. But you're one of those guys that if I'm not talking to a family member, which these days is all I talk to, it's mm -hmm. like you know it's my moms or my pops or just like you know a family sister or Sean. It's like. I'm talking to people that I respect. You wear a lot of hats. We wear a lot of the similar hats. You're wearing this crazy hat to get into politics <laughs> or pr pursuing and continuing the lineage of politics. So my respect is for you, bro. I appreciate you that. You know, it's like you right now, people don't know, but the AC in the, in the podcast studio is fucking done ditty. It doesn't work right now. Yeah, here you are in your pinchy traje, your suit, looking all proper, prim and proper. And I was like, damn, homie, you're going to the next hustle right after this. And yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm in a suit right now. In my, you know, my nice wool suit <laughs> and this custom-made shirt. Because right after this, I'm going to go to City Hall. You know, there's only so much time in the day. But what did I say earlier? If you want to make it happen, you're going to make the time to make it happen. And here we are. And, uh, yeah, one of my favorite little Wayne lines, real, real G's moving silence like lasagna, right? And mm. I'm the same way. I learned it at a young age from... Uh, my good friend uh, Jason Huggins and our friend Aliasha over at Five and a Dime when I uh, was associated with them over there. Be careful with ideas because ideas are everything. You know, you might just think, oh, it's just an idea. And someone with the means will take that idea and run with it. You know, there's culture vultures out there. There's people that know that you obviously are smart and you obviously know what you're talking about. Maybe if I steal an idea of yours, I can turn it into something too. So yeah, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep your mouth shut sometimes and you gotta keep your, your circle small. Very small. And then especially right now, uh, the, you know, it's going to be a lot of vulture ca capitalists out there. You know, you've heard venture capitalists. Well, the next, this next level is vulture capitalists. A ver, porque. Explícame. So vulture capitalists, it's during this time when you see people that uh, are looking for partnerships now because, you know, they need some capital. So you're going to, who are you going to let into, and who are you going to let into your, your circle? You know, you have to be, you have to be careful with that. Like, are you going to renegotiate, uh, partnerships are you renegotiate re re leases are you going to just go out of business and and the, that's when people are going to be coming in hey i have an extra x amount of dollars let us get in or hey i got this uh this business that's going under yeah help me why, why don't you help me out <laughs> yeah. and uh you, get half you guys of get it. a lot of that man well, well constantly you know there, there there's people with i have a friend or mm -hmm. i have this opportunity and right now with uh there's you know Big restaurants are going under and small restaurants are growing. It's this weird pendulum shift right now. You know what, though? I'm, I'm on board with that. Because yeah. what does that tell you? That's community-based. Well, you said that earlier. And where people are voting with their dollar now more than ever, I I feel the way the future is the hyper-local economy. A big part of that is you're seeing the, uh, the uh, commercial real estate sector going under because people are working from home. So if we have people, and that, that was a lucrative venture once upon a time. Once upon a time, being a, a, an owner, a proprietor of commercial real estate for investment purposes, that was the ticket. Yeah. That constant, was the goal. Constant money, right? You know, because that's that's residual income. People are always going to need office space. Office space. You know, it's. But now, and no one complains about their office space. Para really. nada. <laughs> yeah, but now, yeah. It's a whole different ballgame. It'd be interesting. We, we might see a pendulum shift over there that could turn into micro housing, dormitory style housing, the type of housing we've really needed for a long time. And it'll it'll activate new areas and give people new opportunities for affordable housing. I think that could be the way. But right now in the in the meet in the immediate, well, we have people that are still taking a home a paycheck while telecommuting to work. Where do they live? They live in our neighborhoods. Yeah. They live nearby and we are reaping the benefits of that because we're seeing, you know, we're seeing people for early dinners. We're seeing families now more than ever. That's why the smart meals you can make. Exactly. The, the smart money is on hyper local family friendly, you know, because that's what it's going to be like. And, you know, as a legislator myself, I'm, I'm imploring other city leaders and county leaders don't take away our outdoor dining. Don't take away our outdoor seating because not just for the capacity's sake, it's going to be the way of the future. It's a whole generation of people with a collective trauma where we're not going to want to be indoors anymore. Let's delve into that. Is that, do you, somebody involved in the inner workings, the infrastructure of how city governments work, do you feel, do you think that 
the patio experiment, the outdoor dining and drinking, is that something that's going to be removed? Is that something that could potentially be swept up from under our feet? Well, it, I know that at least in uh, several locations that it's been a temporary allowance, right? I feel everybody's under that blanket. Everybody mm-hmm. currently who operates outdoors, at least in the industry that I'm in with brewing and, and bars, is a, it's a temporary thing. And then, yeah, you know, give us some permit requirements, make us pay something annually, because I know there's paperwork involved and people have to come and check out that space now too. I get it. But let us have the opportunity to have it because, again, it's just not, it's not just about capacity. It's about people's t- desire to not be indoors anymore. Comfort. Uh, you know, I wasn't at the tavern yesterday, but Alan told me we were super busy. Not one guest requested to sit indoor, even though they had the opportunity to. So that's very telling already in the first day. You know, people were aware of it. We, we gave them the option, but they didn't want it. That's funny. We had the complete opposite of that effect, bro. Well, bars are different, though. <laughs> They're like, hey, man. I'm with having to buy the taco from your menu. I'm with this. Can we come inside? And I said, yeah, you know, we're currently in flux and things are changing rapidly and we'll have more of like parameters in play by the end of the week. But yeah, currently you can come inside and sit down. Good. I want to be inside, you know? But I think that, you know, bars and and, uh, tasting rooms are different because the the bar experience is one thing, right? And then you're tying one on. You want to hang out for a while. with a meal and with your family, you know, that's 60 to 90 minutes. You want to, you know, outside, it's finite. But you might be here for two, three beers. That's like, that could be uh, two, three hours, yeah, you know? I, yeah, you can extend that thing all day if you really want to. It's just crazy. I was talking <laughs> complete parallel um, baseball analogy, you know? And, and, and in baseball, the National League just got allotted the, the designated hitter, the DH in the National League. Oh, it's on. You can't <laughs> take that shit away once it's there. Uh, yeah, it's the phrase you keep using, or at least I keep using. You can't put that genie back in the box. No, man. Once the know? toothpaste out of the tube, good fucking luck trying to put that back in. It's going to be messy. And it's, it's not just going to be in. businesses, right? Sorry to, to step on you. It's it's not just going to be businesses. It's I'm I what I'm talking about is the day to day person. You've been cooped up for six months, yeah. maybe. You know, you don't want to be inside anymore. That's what I'm saying. It's this this trauma that we've all shared, especially people that really adhered to quarantine really adhered to a social distancing you know uh, even this past weekend still to this day getting couples families this is our first time out since march yeah you know i'm sure they went to the store or what have you but this is the first time like trying extracurricular extracurricular you know, trying, trying to purpose. dine out you yeah. know and we're hyper aware of that that's why you know we if you come to tavern you see how socially distanced our tables are we've measured everything it's we make sure people don't move tables because not only do we want to adhere to the regulations we want it to look and feel comfortable and that's part of it you know people are outdoor they they have space between tables they're just with their own little pod that goes a long way with you know people's mental health and safety right and to be honest, like it's San Diego, man. We could do this nine months a year. Shit, we can do this eleven months and twenty-five days out of the year, bro. You do it three hundred sixty-five days a year. Bring a raincoat, man. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> I it's care. gonna be crazy. Obviously, I was talking to your brother uh, Tony Razo next door, Barcy, Barcy Nombre. Excuse me. Um, it's gonna be interesting what we do when it's winter time. This year's a wash. It's 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 not going these current circumstances and the parameters in which we have to operate our businesses are not going to change from here to December. Mm-hmm. We're here. Make the best of it. If you haven't already pivoted and adapted, you better start learning because you ain't going to make it much, much further. That's for sure. How is it going to be when it starts raining? Cause we do have those rainy seasons here, bro. We have, yeah. we, we have like the, the week that it just rains, you know, do we just wrap it up for a week? Do we have to buy the uh, outdoor heating units? It, it, it's just crazy. The things that, you know, uh, constantly we're juggling, we're juggling payroll, staffing, scheduling, inventory, brewing, everything, distribution, delivery, merchandise, juggling, juggling, juggling. Oh, boom. Well, outdoor. The, the one thing I learned this year, the one constant is change. So, I guess we can already say we know that's going to happen. Right? There's going to be curveballs. Believe there's, it. There's going to be something we don't even think about. So just know that when it comes, we're going to have to adapt to the end. You know, People always say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. At this point now, it's like if you can make it during fucking COVID, you can pretty much make it during any other event. I understand that January is the slow month as it relates to the hospitality and service industry, but it's like, we went through the thick of the thickest 
and we're here, you know? Tavern at the Vogue, Bar Sin Nombre, Chula Vista Brewery, Third Avenue Ale House, the Manhattan, Machete, the Elwood, Three Punk Ales. It's like, we've been here. We've come through the other end. We're not even at the final, the final destination. We're still clawing our way out of it. It's like, I'm proud to associate myself with other entrepreneurs and business owners and like-minded individuals who know how to keep dancing, bro. You know, you know how to keep wiggling, chugging and jiving. You know, it's like, you just got to keep moving because I've seen other businesses that just, for me, I'm not a quitter. For me, I just don't like to throw it in. I, I and I, it's funny. Wifey and I just had this conversation the other day. For the most meaningless thing, we were setting up a, a new scanner, a new printer at the house. She's like, I got twenty five pages to scan for our youngest Oliver. Oliver's gonna start kindergarten, and I need to scan this by tomorrow. We bought this. Da, 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 da. Do I have to go to my mom's house? I'm like, relax. Like, don't quit. Like, this is. In the spectrum of life, this is like the most meaningless thing that you should be flipping out and, and exerting energy on. Here, let's sit down. Boom, boom, boom. We figured it out. This morning, I was reading reading one of my kiddos, and she was like, uh, you know, distance learning through school online. She was giving that same lecture to my middle kid, Jackson. He's like, hey, we don't give up just because things get a little tricky. You don't just stop. And I'm like, fuck. That's true. Like in, 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 in all levels of life, like whether it's me and wifey figuring out, whether it's like us, like having that lecture with our kiddos, like letting them know, whether it's Governor Newsom giving it down to uh, State Assemblyman, Mr. Or I don't Nate Fletcher, his, what is supervisors, city supervisor, uh, state Nate Fletcher, like putting down these mandates is like, fuck, okay, we just don't quit. You know, we're, we, we obviously, I'm not the only business operating under these new parameters, mm -hmm. you know? You know, I, I, all my friends are on the block, you know, like I mentioned, everybody, we're all dealing with these new parameters. Why do I want to quit when I know these guys are hustling? It, I think we all probably saved each other, though, too, on this block, at least, because... Valid. Valid fucking topic. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, but go for it. it Tell me. It's, it's not just, you know, the, 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 the fact that we're clustered together, and that is a great advantage, right? We're clustered together. We've created this scene that people want to be a part of, and there's something to do on third avenue but also that first week is like well i didn't give up and i look across the street are you giving up no i'm not giving up and maybe the guy across the street over here was like uh i guess i'm not giving up now <laughs> right or there was a day where uh we were we were, we were trying to procure something and then um it ended up that our go-between helped us and then that that ended up making him some money so he didn't have to quit and then he's still going and it's like the fact that it's all an ecosystem and some of it's economic ecosystem and some of it is just the emotional support, right? It's like, well, shit, man, I see, I see you putting out the barrels. I see Tony putting up the tent. You know, I know I'm not alone. I joke around with Tony and his staff. I'm like, bro, every fucking day, every day is Groundhog Day. Groundhog We're day. out here putting 12, rolling 12. You can't pick up a 75 pound barrel, bro. You know, it's hard just the way it's shaped. It's like we roll these 12 barrels out every day. We set up these four canopies up every day. Why? Because we're confident that our efforts will be rewarded by the loyalty and the backing of our community. The community has spoken and, and, and they reward those who have put forth the effort, man. Yeah. You guys are busy because you've been consistent with your efforts. You never stopped. And your fucking cheeseburger is awesome. Your double cheeseburger is fucking amazing. I haven't had the pizza yet. I saw the pinche birria pizza and I'm like, I got to try that. I haven't tried it yet because I ain't trying to get all fat. But it's like people reward those who are out there hustling. I know block, I know businesses on this block who are just kind of like said, you know what? Fuck it. Why? You know why? Woe is me. There's too many hoops to jump through. You know, I don't know their financials. I don't know how they got started. I don't know who's backing them. I know all of those things for me and mine. So it's like, I can't stop, you know? Like, I, I know what's on the line for us. I know I know the passion and the pride that I have in being a business owner and being, you know what? I can't stop. I won't stop. I sound like P. Diddy. <laughs> it's like, but I'm going to just keep going, bro. You know? As much if I, if I had a million dollars in the bank, a house that was paid for and two cars that were paid for, I'd still be doing all of this. Word. Because. As somebody who has that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> yeah. But it's because, 
you can't you can't give up because you know what I can't live with is what if. Yep. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. I have to try, you know, and that's that's been in my detriment a lot of times. It's like, but you know what? I I can't live my life asking myself, oh, if only I had done that, if only I'd said this, if only no. And maybe that's another life lesson right there. You know, there's no substitute for hard work. Get as much out of the day as you can and try, just try. And when you, when you don't think have any more, keep trying because unless you pass out and crack your head on the ground, there's still, there's still gas in the tank, you know? So just keep trying. And I would say like more than anything, that's what we did. And we had, a really good uh, backing by the city here, you know, they bro. Pumped, they pumped a lot of time. City government has, has stepped up and helped. You know, obviously it's never hundred percent, but it's all. I would say I would got venture out of the to way. Say, yeah, they got but out of the way. They said, you know what? Boom, boom, boom. Go to your ABC. Let them know that you're going to be allowed to work in the streets. Okay, boom. Here he goes. Here's your hundred dollar check. Here's our application. That doesn't happen unless city government talks to CVPD and lets them know, hey, we're going to back these businesses and allow them to conduct business in this manner. Sign off. We got lucky. For sure. I just spoke to David Favela last week. Had him on the shout to Border X. Mm, had him on the podcast. Super intelligent dude, bro. It gives me it, wait. I there's certain people I can talk to and I, I and I feel like reinvigorated. I think, ah, huevo, I want to do this. You're motivating me to do that. La la la. He's one of those dudes, man. Like I, I was just talking to him. Chico State alum. He went to Princeton. Uh, I think he did like an, an extension at Stanford. I was like, "Fuck, bro, this this guy is hardcore." Like, you know, it's like we, we all we all hang Packard, our, right? Yeah, HP, bro. We all hang our hats on our accolades because we know we've all struggled, we've all hustled, we've all like worked hard. And there's no laziness. And you say, "I don't know what it is." Earlier, you were talking to me, right? Like a few seconds ago, about I don't know what it is. I know what it is, bro. It's like, I, I attribute that to our parents. I, I attribute that to our culture. I attribute that to the, <laughs> and I always sound silly when I make this comparison to the Selena, the movie uh, with Edward James Olmos comparison. It's like, we're, we're too white for the Mexicans and we're too Mexicans for the whites. I just feel that we were, in the, especially here in the South Bay. Yeah. The, 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 the demographic of where we are, where we were raised and where we operate, I just feel that we always have to work harder. And it's not something that, oh, I fucking have to do. It's like, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing of pride. It's a thing that I take great privilege in doing. It's like, you know what? I got to work harder because I know I have to work harder. And I have now, I have children that are looking up to me. I have, I have uh, colleagues. I consider you a colleague. You know, it's like I have colleagues that look over and it's like, you know what, fuck? Steve at 3Punk, he's pushing it. You know, Steve at Elwood, he's pushing it. You know, he's got this, he's, got, he's pushing it. He's not stopping. He's not taking a step back. I got to push it. I feel it's a cultural thing. And I'm, I'm sure it'll come out wrong and, and people, oh, you know, ethnocentric, this, that, and there, whatever. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. I feel that our upbringing, you know, I don't, I don't know your parents, you know, uh, you don't know my parents, but we have a certain thing within us that's undescribable and it just don't stop. Favela was telling me, Con lo que hay, hacemos, you know? And, and then I talked to a couple of friends. I have a fucking friend in Atlanta, Georgia, dude, David. And he was telling me, bro, that quote resonated with me. When you talk to him, give him a heads up and say, I appreciate that. And it's true, bro. And it's con lo que hay, hacemos. Donde come uno, comen dos. We just, Chinese proverbs are one thing, but paisita proverbs are a whole different other thing, bro. It's like everything that we do is don't stop, keep going. If it was easy, everybody would do it. My dad always fucking tells me that. Whether it's like the most mini, like the smallest fucking so thing, true. bro, to the biggest things. Like, mijo, if everybody can do it, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. Don't even worry about it. Hustle, do it. And I'm like, you know what? Con lo que hay, hacemos. And it's true, bro. I'm going to hustle because I've got a lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm getting like... I'm, I'm, I'm refreshing myself and curing and, and the word, what is the word? Uh, I'm rehabilitating from a vasectomy, mm. you know? So it's like, uh, I should be hanging my hat up and not doing much. But it's like, I just took another week off from UPS. And I said, I got other things to do. You know, the three punks is on the brink of like expanding and, be, and, and doing more. And now this podcast, it's like, you know what? Somebody's always watching. Yeah. I could, I could always be something that somebody's always like, fuck bro. He's doing it. 
I have to give you a lot of accolades and this is going to sound like I'm patting myself on the back first, on the back first, but you know, the, a lot of people come up to me and say, Oh dude, I heard you on the Emo Brown podcast. And that's the cool part. And then they thank me because they're like, you really turned me on in that podcast. It's one of my favorite things to listen to now. And it's because of that, you know, people were, it's going back to the ethnocentricity of it all. The people that you feature on your show look like you and me, mm -hmm. you know, and people that look like you and me come in all sizes, shapes and colors. We have different backgrounds and you, we're talking about, you know, it's because of our parents, you know, uh, my homegirl, she was wearing the shirt the other day. It said, I am my ancestors wildest dreams. And it's true. It's right. Fun. That's true, bro. You know, like, <laughs> Believe that. You know, it It took, you know, how many people did it take to create us? A lot of many ancestors. And to think like, you know, my, my father's father was a farmer. He was an orphan from Albuquerque. He ended up in El Centro. That was, he was the first Quintero over in El Centro. My father was Octaviano Quintero Jr., Born and raised in El Centro, I I buried him yesterday along with my brother and my and my mother. Jeez, bro, thank you. But you know, to think of that lineage to me, where I have a grandfather, orphan, farmer in El Centro. He raised eight kids, one of which was my father. That that man was a future farmer of America. Went to San Diego State University, became culturally aware, be became a part of the Movimiento, one of the founders of Chicano Park, former. Uh, chaired the Chicano Park Steering Committee, went on to be a business owner that helped others create their own businesses and entrepreneurship through his uh, Quintero's Pets Control. And he raised me to be educated. He raised me to think of others. He raised me to use my powers for good. And here I am as a business owner, as an educator, a doctor of education. I got to fulfill my dream, my wildest dreams of teaching at SDSU. I got to start my own businesses. Right now I'm serving at the highest level, formerly as a traffic safety commissioner, then as a planning commissioner, now as a city councilman in the city that I was born and raised in. Like these are things that no brown man had an opportunity to do when my grandfather came from New Mexico. Wildest dreams achieved. So here we are. And you know what? I'm not going to stop. What pushed him? What do you think pushed your dad? What do you think pushed your grandfather? What do you think pushed your great-grandfather? The same thing that pushes us, dude, man. I mean, honestly, the biggest thing you can tell me that's going to offend me and maybe want to outdo you more is like, you can't do that, bro. That, that's not for you. That's a white guy's game. That's a that that game. You're not built for that. Do this. Stay in your lane. Bro, that's wasted energy, wasted effort. I just don't want to see you get hurt. I just don't want to see you fail. For me, that's the that's like the worst thing you can tell me because I'm going to do everything within my power to prove you wrong, whether it's coming from a place of pride, a place of like, I'll show you, or a place of just like, you know, I don't know any better. I'm ignorant and I just don't like to be put in a corner and and and, and come out fighting. Everything now that I have and have I accomplished with the help of my family, you know, my wife, my, 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 my parents and everybody involved, they, you know, it's like subconsciously and it's going to sound very douchey. I feel like I'm the pride of, of, of like the family. Like if my mom, my mom's dad, my grandpa, I feel like if he was around still and he saw like the shit that I was doing, you know, if my, my dad's grandparents, if they were around and saw the shit that we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to push and what we're trying to get done, they would be like, I will. That's my grandson. Perfect. Now pass that on to your kids and make sure it keeps getting amplified. Keep pushing it. Keep building it bigger. We'll push your dad. Same shit. We'll push your great grandfather, your grandmother. We don't like, we don't like to be told that we can't. We don't like to be outdone by other people. Think about the think about the 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 the, the, the roots of Mexican people, bro. You know, they're a country that was, you know, persecuted and overtaken by the Spaniards. You know, it's like, all we know is battle. All we know is fight. All we know is pushback. All we know is I'm not succumbing. All is, it's, I feel like it, as, as corny as it sounds, I feel like that's where it initiates. You know, it's like, you can't put me in the corner and expect me to just to give up. I'm not going to fold my arms, sit down and be like pouty. And I'm like, oh, it's all over. We're, regardless of the hand we're dealt, you can give me, bro, if we're playing poker, and you give me a two seven off suit on the fucking flop, you better believe I'm gonna play that hand till the bitter end. For better or for worse, I'm going in and I'm gonna play it. Yeah, our, our ancestors' trials and tribulations are in our DNA, and that's that's how we evolved as a species. You know, the sh 
the survival of the fittest. We didn't get to the top of the food chain by being the weakest. And that's how we all exist. It's because our parents were attracted to each other and, and, you know, it was in their situation that that was the survival of the fittest and our grandparents, you know, maybe, uh, like in, in my, my, my wife's case, her, her, uh, her grandmother had, uh, uh, her first husband had passed away as a prize fighter. She had like five kids. She met a man that had a farm. She's like, Hey, I got the kids. You got the farm. Let's get together. <laughs> Let's unite the tribes, you know, and make it work. <laughs> and, and then that, that turned into Joe and Tony Rasso, you know, that turned into Tony Rasso the third. If that hadn't happened, like these people, this is part of evolution. This is the survival of the fittest this is how people grow. This is how families grow and how we, we keep going. And I know you, I've known you for a very long time. Failure for you wouldn't be if three punks were Lord forbid to, to go bankrupt and this building were to topple to the ground. Failure for you would have been to never have tried for yep. your, to have never tried four years ago. You, know? you mentioned that earlier, like, Oh, I wish I would have failure for me is having those doubts. You know what I should have done? You know what I could have done? You know this, uh, you know, and it's like I'm going I'm currently going through that um that change and that decision making process right now. You know that we were presented an opportunity and uh I mean I don't want to be too vague, but I mean it, it, we're we're close. We're 95% close to getting done on what we're doing. I'm going to expand the brewery. I'm opening a new satellite taste room in in um, East Village right across the street from Peco Park. It's a great opportunity and it's one it it's a, we're in a pandemic, you, you know, and it's like, I have to weigh the options and I got to make sure that, every, you know, my ducks are in order. The I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, but it's like, I would hate myself if I didn't move forward with this and be like, fuck, I see somebody else go in there and I'm like, damn, well, you everything know, they're doing, I could have killed it the same way. Yeah. No one's saying, you know, go for broke. No one's saying just, just go for it. No, you have to be precise and very measured and very calculating, but you have to pull that trigger because there's never going to be perfect. No, nope. if not now, when you know, I don't think I don't think anyone, race, gender, creed, sexual orientation, political affiliation, there's never a perfect man. There's never going to be a situation where everything lines up and is perfect. At some point, you got to dig within yourself and be like. Is the and I tell this to everybody? Is the juice worth the squeeze? It, are you willing to put in the effort for the reward? You know, and you know, really, like if if we're ever going to get out of this uh, economic downturn, if we're ever going to find as a nation, you know, economic prosperity, it's not the Nasdaq. It's not going to be you know the barometer of. Uh, wealthy people's happiness is it's going to be the consumer confidence index. How much is the regular person, me, you, my mom and dad, my brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors, how much is a regular person out there spending? Yeah. Do they feel confident in going out and buying a beer? You do they feel confident in buying uh pizza at tavern? Do they feel confident in going about out and buying a refrigerator or a car? When we see those numbers, steadily increasing then we'll know that the economic health of the nation is is growing and that's gonna goes hand in hand with our you know our psychological health like i'm saying we all went through this collective trauma together how are we going to get out of it well together because we got into it together and how do you do that well we're not going to solve that in a 90 minute podcast but i can tell you like you're saying before the family unit the friend units the hyper-local consumption, the hyper-local uh, attitudes, understanding that we're in this together, understanding that you're voting with your dollar and understanding that you can be in control of your happiness and of the happiness of your friends and neighbors if you all just hunker down and grow together. Damn. Look at you. Are you going to win? I'm not going to lose. Out of you, motherfucker. Look at you. <laughs> Damn, I wish I was from National City so I can vote for you. Hey. But I got a big-ass Chula Vista tattoo, and I don't think I'm allowed in National City. <laughs> oh, you're, you, you got to pass no matter what. Is that still a thing? Is that still a thing? Like, the, the, the National City Chula Vista rivalry? Like, no. It has to be just because of the amount of, uh, of venom I hear when I, when I talk about Chula Vista businesses. All the way know? up to the top, huh? You know? and, and it's like, 
it's a region, but I understand, you know, and it's not like I'm not constantly advocating or helping uh, national city businesses by virtue of my job. I'm constantly help, helping national city businesses, uh, people that randomly just uh, want more information. Like when I take my daughter to the park and people are like, Hey, I'm having an issue with this. Yeah. It's great that we could connect. That hat is always on for you. Huh? It's always on. And, uh, and I try to, I've, I learned that at a young age when I worked at Southwestern college, uh, I had a great mentor there for Nana Paveda. And he was like, with this job, because we, we did community outreach. He's like, with this job, you were always the face of the college. And then, so I learned that at a young age, like whoever, whatever, whoever you work for, whoever you work with or whatever title you have, it doesn't matter. You, you always have to maintain a certain level of uh, dignity because people are going to assume that you're representing. And especially as a councilman, I'm not but that's, I'm not a, I'm not a movie star. I'm not a rock star. I'm not going to be like, Oh, not, not today. No paparazzi. No, you're one of my friends and neighbors. That's what a lot of people don't understand by virtue of being a councilman. I live in national city. I'm a homeowner in national city. That's where my wife and I are raising our two daughters over the last 10 years. I've lived in national city as a homeowner and my friends and neighbors are the people that I work for. And so if you come up to me at La Iga, <laughs> if you come up to me at uh, Kimball Park, if you come up to me at the gas station, I have all the time in the world for you because that's part of the job. That's the job I signed up for. There's no like, oh, just here, take a card or let me get your info. No, unless I'm unless it's an emergency, you got you got all my time. And that's how it should be. And moving forward, you know, that's that's the most important thing to me right now is. People don't realize how delicate this is. Like, and maybe part of the perspective is being a businessman. We know where our taxes go and how our taxes create the opportunities for our state and federal government to exist. And that's why the economy is so important because we have to make sure that police, firefighters, and everything in between is being funded. And that being said, if you, if businesses go away and tax revenue isn't being collected and people aren't able to afford their rents, then this delicate system, economic ecosystem that, that helps perpetuate our state and federal governments and our city governments, it goes away. And then what do you have? Like, you have, you could have anarchy. That's what I was going to say. Very quick, very That's quickly. a bad word right now. Very quickly. Oh, well, I mean, all things considered, you know, I've said it before and I said it on the dice and I said on the record, you know, who are we to tell people how to protest? Who are we to tell people how to feel? If this is how people feel and this is how they want to actualize. Express, yep. We told people they couldn't kneel, right? That didn't work. That didn't work. The people didn't like it when people were kneeling. They didn't like it when people weren't standing for, for the, for the flag salute. And then when it do this, not that. You keep moving the goalposts, people are going to react. It's one of those things, force down to rise above. There's only so many things that you can tell somebody, no, 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 no. We'll find a way. People will find a way. It's a crazy time, bro. It's interesting. What have you learned? What 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 have you learned in these five months? Because these five months have encompassed a lot of things, you know, whether it's personal, whether it's it's business, whether it's extracurricular. I mean Think about it, man. Social injustices, pandemic, business failures, family failures, loss of jobs, loss of wages, things put on hold. What have you learned? Yeah. I mean, when we were just chopping it up before the before the podcast, and you're asking me, like, you know, what what am I listening to? What am I reading? What am I watching right now? Something that I'm that I'm doing right now is I've I've been visiting like the works of uh, Christopher Nolan, the, the director. He's got a new movie coming out, Tenet. And it's also the 10 year anniversary of Inception. And we're old, by the way, because <laughs> breaking news that <laughs> <laughs> came out 10 years ago. But uh, and then Interstellar and some and like those, especially those three, uh, those two movies, Inception, and Interstellar, and even The Dark Knight, uh, especially like his whole philosophical approach to movies is tied to time. Um, whether it's like the scene where they go to the water planet interstellar, there's a, there's a tick in the background. Every tick is a whole day because 
space and time, how it works in that film and dark Knight, there's ticking throughout that movie. Obviously inception, they talk about perceptions of space and time, the new movie tenant. It's about reversing time. So this whole philosophical approach is uh, to movie making is about how, how much time has a control and a force is a force in our life. Right. And then, so over the last five months, I think we've all learned that time is seemingly not linear. Right. Or six months now. Right. Because some people are like, Oh man, it went by in the blink of an eye. Some of us were working every day. You know, I give my wife so much credit for the schedule that she put my daughters on. Like every day there was something different that they would do around the house and in the yard because, you know, we're, we're both lifelong learners. She went to Cal Berkeley and we understand like, you can't waste time. You should be utilizing, especially at this young age, we can't just be feeding them uh, an iPad and hoping for the best, you know, and I'm not judging any parents out there. You, You can only do what you can do. We have the time to uh, learn how to take care of the hamster. We have the time to raise chickens. We have the time to tend to the garden. And every day is a different event so that you don't lose that day. You look forward to that day and you look back to that day. And you're like, this is what we accomplished on that day. And then that's what I've looked, that's what I've learned for myself, seeing that in my daughters and seeing that structure and how it's helped them to grow. I've seen that for myself. It's like, okay, I have a structure in my, Working hard over the last six months, yeah, it's benefited all of us in terms of the economics of of things. But, you know, my mental well-being is there because I'm focused on, truly focused on my work, truly focused on my family, truly focused on the city. If it wasn't for those things, I don't know where my mental health would be. Crazy. Yeah. You know, and then so that's what I've learned is that. And I've heard it before, though, from very wealthy people, and it's almost like a, a sad truth when I when you talk to these people. Like, all I wish I could do is buy more time. You know, it's like you got you got a ten thousand dollar watch, you got a two hundred thousand dollar car, you got a million dollar home. But I'm eighty seven years old. <laughs> yeah, I I, I want to. I don't want to be like, oh, I wish I had gone to my daughter's recital or i wish i had gone to dinner with my father-in-law no i want to do those things you know or it's like "Mm, i could i could have a much nicer car but you know what i would prefer that my kids have whatever they want and you can only buy you can't buy time you can only make the time right so make the time you're already given it just use it wisely and again you know I, i buried my father yesterday and a couple of weeks ago, I was given the honor of uh, reading his biography into the record in National City, and we uh, adjourned in his honor. And in in writing his biography and seeing what he accomplished, I realized that he went out on top. You know, to his dying day, he still had all his marbles. He was a lifetime learner. He was a very articulate, educated man. He was still teaching at St. Pius um, up until the end of the uh, at the beginning of the. Uh, quarantine and i look at that and i see that's what he did he made the most of his time and i hope that if you use these last few months to make yourself better and do better in the world that you continue or if you just chilled for six months and that's what you needed and you feel bad about it move forward and do something with your time but whatever you do there's no greater sin than wasted time Dr. Gonzalo Quintero. Yo soy. Thank you for coming in again, brother. Thanks for having me. I need you another are, Topo Chico. You are a champion. <laughs> You're a South Bay dude doing well. Homie for life. That's what's up. Let us know what we can do to help get you to the next level. We've got we've, we've got a nice little support. We've got a nice little following. Whatever we can do as a group here at the Emo Brown Podcast, whatever we can do to help push you in the right direction or, or garner the attention that you need. Let us know, man. I appreciate it. Because you're a good dude. Come on down to Tavern, try our pizza. You know, mm. we've been selling out. <laughs> What's up with that birria pizza? Dude. Tell me about it's that. It's on the secret menu. If huh. you follow us on Instagram, it's almost always available unless we sell out of dough. Um, that's been a really interesting problem to have, you know, like how popular it's become. And, you know, this thin crust pizza with, with a, you don't, normally when you see thin crusts, you also see thin toppings, right? 
thin crust with amazing toppings. Ooh, uh, My favorite pizza, probably our next bestseller, because it's actually on the actual menu. Birria is still the secret menu, but the favorite, the local favorite, is our buffalo chicken pizza. Oof, and that's the one. That's that one. With the boys bit. want pizza tonight. I might have to pull an order. Oh, there you go. I'm gonna have to pull it in order. Take out, take out available. I'm call, in. Order online. Call ahead. But um. You know, and the same, you know, we've known each other a long time. It's been great to be a part of each other's success. It's been great to see each other grow. You're one of those friends where it's like, I see you from afar. You see me from afar. And then because we're putting in work. Yeah. And then when we come together, we pick no, up right where we left yeah, off. Yeah, no beats have know? been skipped, man. It, yeah. It's We pick up right where we left off. I was just having that same conversation with another homie. It's like, oh, you know, there's certain friends that you have to like, you have to water it. You got to put it in the sun. You got to nurture it. You know, it's like, ah, it's just a lot of effort. Then there's those relationships where it's like, like one of my best, my best friend, I cannot see him for like the month, two months. And then we take the family out to the beach and hang out. And it's like, boom. Yeah. Those are beautiful things. It those is. Are, those are rare. And it's, and I appreciate having that with you. And we've grown together, bro. Best wishes in East village. You know, if I can do anything to help you over there. Uh, at the very least, let me be at that friends and family. And then, uh, yeah, man, when the time comes, let me know when you want that National City satellite. Mm, you ain't scaring <laughs> me, boy. Talk to Q. Take it easy, brother. Felicidades. Suerte. We're here. We got your back, bro. I'll see you soon. That is a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Pay our website a visit, emobrown.com. That's where you can find access to all of our episodes, information on how to join the Patreon, Emo Brown, the social club, as well as pick up all of our merch, hats, shirt, patches, masks, todo el pelo. As always, our episodes are brought to you by the wonderful people at the Miso Healthy Company award-winning true full-spectrum cbd grown in california and sold worldwide lolita's mexican food patience is the essence of fine mexican food located all throughout the san diego county specifically near dear home chula vista balboa avenue dispensary for all your medicinal or recreational cannabis needs follow them the Balboa Avenue Dispensary. Thank you very much. If you ever want to reach us, leave us a message, ask a question, share a thought, or just say hello, give us a call. 619-728-9300. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon.